0: <laughs> you know what's funny? What's funny is uh, SBJ hit me up and said, why aren't you on the screen? <laughs> and I told him it was fairly simple, dramatic effect. We don't have enough drama in our lives. Now that's cap. We actually have too much drama uh, in our lives. Now, this just so you know, this episode is going to be shorter. Um, SBJ has things he needs to take care of. He's not going to be on the show. Uh, Adequate has things he has to take care of. He's not going to be on the show. There's a couple of things I did want to talk to you guys about and some information I wanted to give y'all, plus a sneak peek for all of the people who routinely, every Saturday, show up to the show, to the live stream. Uh <laughs> Uh McKenna says <laughs> we hear dr- we hit a drama every week. Man, y'all only know the half. Uh the stuff that we give y'all is the abbreviated versions <laughs> of a lot of that shit. Um, but anyway, first things first, let me uh thank everybody once again who uh wished me a happy birthday this past week. Appreciate that. I know uh one of the main questions I get asked uh, about birthdays is, well, what did you do on, 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 your birthday? I didn't do a damn thing. I played a new video game that I've been wanting to get for a while and didn't and chilled in the house, but I did self-reflect, you know, my wife, now i actually made a post about this. My wife asked, uh, what do you give a, a 54 year old man who has everything? Now, in truth, I don't have everything. Um, I do think I think even the richest among us don't have everything, but they may have everything they want. And in truth, the stuff that the regular everyday things that people want to have just to make their, their lives a little easier, I already have all of that. The only things that's missing for me is some big ticket things that takes. A whole bunch of finances and resources to be able to get um so I, I don't really want for a whole lot particularly i have you know my family i got you guys um i did what i was going to do with the music uh, uh career goals that i had i am now currently a, a owner of a comic book company there's not really a short, like I said in that post, short of permanent residency to the tropical country of my choice. <laughs> there's not a whole lot that I, that I really actually want. Yeah, but it is what it is with that. And speaking of, um, well, actually, I'm not going to do, I got a sneak peek for y'all, uh, but I'm not going to do that just yet. Um First, I want to, uh, one of the things that we needed to announce is like we said a few weeks ago on the show that we're going to be doing things a little different uh, with the way we uh, broadcast and all of those things. And for all of the loyal uh, chatters <laughs> that are here every damn week, um, we want to do something special for you guys. Um, so with that, you see that? email address that I have underneath my name on the screen send your emails there so email so because what we, we try to do is collect your email addresses for that that special thing so send me your email addresses via that email and um once we get all of that other stuff sorted we'll notify you guys um how we're gonna do things going forward uh, uh as far as <laughs> some stuff that I want to do, uh talk about I think I'm going to wait on that too I'm going to look at these comments real quick <laughs> let's see Um, that's what I'm planning for tomorrow too tune a whole lot of nothing wait a minute McKenna is tomorrow your birthday wow well, that's crazy all these April babies you know how many people who I did not know their birthday was in April turns out their birthday is in April that's crazy crazy Let's see, my brother was born in April. Um, uh, One of my homegirls that I've known for well over 30 years, April baby. Uh, My daughter was born in April. Of course, I was. uh, Quite a few uh, friends, like just friends of mine that I've known for some years, born in April. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you will be 23. Yikes. Well, since we won't be doing another show until next week, I'm going to wish you a happy birthday on the show now. And then I'll let uh, uh, SPJ and, and Adequate or whatever uh, wish you a happy birthday on the show next week. <laughs> How about that? So, everybody give McKenna a, a rousing happy birthday as she's about to be 23 years young. Yikes. Let me think back. Who was I doing at 23? I was getting in trouble. <laughs> I was getting in trouble. I, I was trying to avoid jail time. <laughs> that's what I was doing at 23. Um, let's see. Oh shit, that's crazy. So he says my brothers and I are April 15th, April 30th, and May 30th. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um what was I about? To, oh yeah. I noticed something. I noticed something. And I've seen a lot more of it now. And maybe I need to curate my timeline on Facebook a little better than what I'm doing. Although if I did, I probably wouldn't have these observations nearly as much. <laughs> I have, I've noticed there's like a lot of, so a lot of, a lot of you guys tell on yourselves. And start, I'm talking specifically men. Um, in this case, you tell on yourself because I've seen like numerous posts recently uh from a bunch of guys yelling about that 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 women need to heal or they will be alone. <laughs> it's the funniest shit ever to me because like I know what I'm seeing. I'm I'm seeing the remnants of that manosphere bullshit still lingering in the air. Now there, there are there are people. That are still doing sphere type content, but none of them, from what I can see or determine, just through casual observance, has had the same impact as um, Kevin Samuels or, or, or guys of that ilk. They're, they're doing these 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 videos and they're they're talking their shit about women. And they're doing all this nonsense, but they're not really having the same impact, cultural impact that he had. So, what I think I'm seeing is the remnants of his stuff, right? Because a bunch of these guys bought into that shit and, um, even after they found out their little toxic heroes weren't who they pretended to be online, it didn't matter, right? They still lining up to the Frank stand. So, I guess for them, it's Franks and Beans for dinner every night because it's crazy, but this might come as a surprise to to some of you ball-hugging uh, uh ridiculous guys like you ain't the prize you think you are and I, I don't know why any woman that's worth anything would, would want to put themselves in a position to have to live a life with you a life of your, your judgmental opinions about what they do what they say what they wear and commentary about their life like like why because you are a leader <laughs> fuck out of here like it's like they just like they all standing around in a circle womanless Talking about why women should value them, and I guess they think that's attractive. It's re- it's really not. What up, Biddy? Look at this. SPJ is in the comments, but, but but I told him, oh, he said early birthday, but still, he was supposed to come on the show next week and give the happy birthdays on the air. He's ridiculous. By the way, uh, he has a project coming out. Soon too. We can give y'all more information on that. I don't know if you've noticed, right? Um, but I don't know if you noticed, but he's been dropping little videos here and there, little uh uh imagery that promotes the album, which is um kind of a dope little rollout. He's he's doing right there. So once that drop matter of fact, since you you're in the audience, goddamn you, give them a release date. Give them a release date. What a maroon. What an idiot. Give them a date. Any date. You build an anticipation. Give them a date. And by the way, the hash the hashtag that is still relevant, the hashtag that we are still pushing is hashtag make James Famous. <laughs> Make James famous. It's just a single You Think May Knife? All right. See, I like I like the rollout he's doing it because it's different than than the types of rollouts that I've done over the years with, with my music. Um a lot of those times the rollout was just simply I might drop a single here or a single there, but these are these were whole projects. He's dropping a single here. But I would drop a song here, song there. Um, on a rare occasion i would i would do a music video um and even rare still sometimes i might do a a jump on a live stream uh, with other uh, people that was in gu and talk about the project a little bit while we talk about other things and that pretty much was the the rollout besides a few social media posts but i've been fortunate in that um uh, the demand for what I was doing was still pretty high back then. So, if I just put a p- couple of posts up, the hey, I'm about to drop a, a project, or I'm about to do a pre-order for a project, or whatever, people definitely responded. Um, I never really had an issue with that. But I do, I think the next the next music project I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the rollout a little bit different because times have changed. People consume this information a little different. So, anyway, May 9th, uh, Be sure to uh, keep your ears open for SPJ's single. And he's been, as you can see in those images, um, for those of you that have seen it, in those images, uh, he is definitely um, taking full advantage <laughs> of the of the AI art. Like he's pretty much mastered that shit to get like consistent um, images from that. He's mastered that. Like, it's 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 kind of uh, crazy how it how it is now. Because I remember uh, years ago when it came to doing like album covers and shit like that, that was a whole thing. Um, if you couldn't do any of the graphic art yourself, you had to go and find somebody that did, pay them uh, their uh, price for their service, and, and and get the cover made and shit like that. Now, gotta say. With, with, with some of these these new tools, that stuff is fairly simple now, for real. Fairly simple. Matter of fact, a lot of that process has been made simple. Like Even, even when it comes to, to recording music itself, for me now, it's, it's a lot simpler because I have plugins that use machine learning. So for me, as long as I get the miking right and my levels and all that stuff is good, I can record the audio. I'm running through the machine learning, and it gives me a base, a base mix to work with. And then I use the experience that I have as an audio engineer to pump things up and, and use my preferences as far as how I need the um, thing to sound. But that cuts my workload significantly, right? You guys just don't, don't don't have a clue. And then on top of that. What it does is it, it does close the the skill gap, because people who who weren't um, really trained as an audio engineer can now get a decent sound if they have the right plugins. Those plugins are expensive as fuck, but I suspect that those prices will go down after a while, um, once it becomes like more prevalent for everyday folks to have those type of um, features in their little DAWs. It shouldn't be that expensive for long, uh, but yeah, it's 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 just a ton easy, easier, and it's going to get even easier too. Cuz I see I saw a crop of a bunch of the new tools that are coming out. Long before it gets bad, it's going to be pretty cool for a while to be a creative anyway. I mean, for me um but <laughs> I want to kind of go back to that thing about um about these dudes online talking trash about women. As if times haven't changed, right? And they running around here doing an impersonation of, of a man from the fucking 30s, like right? That shit is ridiculous in 2023. I want to give you an example real quick. And that's the guy, uh, Steven Crowder. Now, I don't know how many of you know of Steven Crowder, but for those of you that don't, you a quick little background. So Steven Crowder is a political commentator, comedian, and media host. Now, I watched maybe a few clips of of some stand-up that he did. I wasn't that impressed. It wasn't that funny to me, but you know, everybody got different senses of humor. Um, he worked for Fox News and he started his career on conservative media platforms by posting like little satirical videos. Uh and shit like that. And he he now currently hosts a show called Louder with Crowder. It's um, a political podcast and a YouTube channel, you know. Um, what was revealed about him this past week should not have been a surprise to anybody because I typically find that this is the case with a lot of these men that, that are in 2023 still talking at traditional role shit in in relationships. Like n- none of that is surprising. None of it. Um so basically uh I read from this article a newly surfaced security footage from 2021 has caused an outrage online as viewers watch conservative commentator Stephen Crowder prohibit his wife Hillary Crowder then 8 months pregnant with the couple's twins from using the car to pick up groceries. On Wednesday, Stephen announced that the couple would be getting a divorce, going against Hillary's wishes about publicly discussing the couple's legal battles. After Stephen delivered the news on his Louder with Crowder podcast, his wife responded by releasing the video from 2021 that shows her husband's alleged abusive tendencies. Now, I saw this video. I will not be playing that here because. How can I put this? I find it to be distasteful, not even just um just what he did in the video and the way he was talking to her and treating her in the video, but just overall, I don't think it's a good policy to be uh showing stuff like that. But I understand why she did it because this man has a huge megaphone with a, a decent sized audience. He's making a lot of money off his content. And when he chose to talk about it, he basically put the spotlight on her, right? And he gets to get put his side out there and she doesn't get to put hers out there. It's a whole mess. It's something, it's some shit that he really shouldn't have done. Like if anything ever was to go down between uh me and my wife, y'all wouldn't know that shit because I'm not, I'm not an a big enough asshole to use my my spotlight that I have that I accumulate over the years as a weapon to weaponize the narrative against her. But that's that's some dumb shit he did. So, uh, let me see, get to the part. All right, so, blah, blah, blah. Stephen Crowder telling his heavily pregnant wife she can't use their car to get groceries because she hasn't completed the wifely things he requires of her is a perfect example of the way conservative men weaponize religious expectations to justify abuse. And that's a quote from... um, Uh, Nikki Ramirez from Rolling Stones. And and she's right. Like um, in the video, you can see Hillary and Steven are arguing on what appears to be the couple's patio. Hillary is requesting to use the car to pick up some groceries, but Steven prohibits her from doing so because she refused to do wifely things. You're not taking the car because you refuse to do wifely things. Then I will go pick up the groceries. She told, he told her the clip's, They're on Twitter. They don't reveal what wifely things Stephen was expecting her to do. Hillary then proceeds to tell him if she can't take the car, she will ask for someone to pick her up. Stephen asks her if that was a threat and then orders her to use a ride share service instead. They actually Uber. I don't know why they didn't just say Uber. Um, He then raises his voice and tells her that by taking the car, she is leaving him at the house with no transportation. I can't go to the gym. I can't go to my parents, he said. You're going to take the car and leave me here. Hillary, just think how boxed in you've made me. At one point in the video, Hillary accuses him of abuse. She says, I love you, but Stephen, your abuse is sick. He then responds, watch it. Watch it. So later in the relationship, Stephen refused to attend the birth of their twins. Hillary proceeded to file for divorce in December 2021, which has been ongoing for nearly 18 months. The couple's contentious divorce and the claims of abuse have recently surfaced on social media, in part due to an ongoing feud between Stephen and conservative commentator Candace Owens. According to Stephen, Owens hinted at his divorce on her prior on her show prior to him announcing it publicly. He then accused her of extortion, and the pair have been feuding ever since. Um, Owens commented. On a video of Stephen Hillary and a video that she shared on Twitter calling it horrific and difficult to watch. This is also something that I won't be showing on my show. Me saying her name is um, enough. Thanks, Discord. What up, Ken? Um, it's typically these family values, conservative, uh, uh, just stereotypical gender role people. That when you look behind the scenes, they're not that pleasant to live with. Because the secret that really isn't a secret now is that uh, a lot of that stuff they talk about the way uh, relationships was back in the day. And how these this was a golden era. It was Cap. It's Cap. It's Cap. Um, let me see this. Uh Cosmic says, Oh, that was a bit disingenuous to that article. Crowder was having surgery himself when his twins were being born. He didn't refuse to attend them birth. Ah, so that adds context. Um, and um, if that's so, just like you said, cosmic, um, there was no need to add that extra thing. That video was enough. You don't have to add any um any slanted way of viewing. What happened when his his children was born? They didn't have to do that. That's ridiculous. but you're gonna find that with these media motherfuckers anyway, like they're gonna misrepresent all that they can misrepresent to get the biggest uh, uh, emotional um what's what' I'm looking for the biggest emotional backlash they can from these sorts of articles. but um i t- I typically find those people, especially now in current day and time twenty twenty three that are are. Pretending as if social paradigms don't shift, evolve, and change, like, like they haven't always, and they like rebel against that shit. That shit is toxic. And I don't see why anybody would want to be in a relationship with you um with those demands that you're not flexible enough. And that's the one thing I, I really appreciate. The relationship that I have with my wife is like we don't really stand on a lot of that shit. There are there are some roles that we do accept, but there are other roles we do not. And, and and nobody's attempting to force anybody to do anything. That shit is crazy. That shit is 100% crazy. Um, what I do want to... Um, a cosmic said, hold on, let me respond to cosmic real fast. He says, yeah, I agree 100%. Media will try to be bombastic as possible because it gives them the visible reactions and the clicks. That's something else we, we, we could talk about too. Like, And to be honest, this goes across all media platforms um, regardless of their political bent, it is rare to find one that doesn't do that sort of shit, that clickbaity shit. And I know one of the arguments will be, well, they're trying to get, they, they're trying to compete with a lot of these other non-official news outlets that you'll find on YouTube and various other uh, uh, social media and video platforms or whatever. But I got to tell you, If you are legacy media, meaning you've been around for a while and and, and have a certain certain amount of legitimacy that comes with that, you should not be using tactics like that. You shouldn't be. When you see these YouTubers get on there and they do the news on there, they don't... A lot of them didn't start out having the same reach you guys did, so they're going to do all kinds of crazy shit to get attention, to feed the algorithm. If you're legacy media... That shit should be beneath you. But it's not. And, and, and the moment, especially with TV news, the moment they made that shit a money-making endeavor, everything went to hell. Everything went to hell. The moment it was all about ad um, ad placement and shit like that, it all went to hell. They, they, they're not really there uh, to, to, to just inform. Uh, the news became a product information became a product, and they sell it to you. And once something becomes a product, they then got to find a way to market it. So they market certain information to certain demographics. It's a whole fucking thing. And, you know, I'm guessing over the course of years, this sort of thing gradually became the norm so that the average citizen just looks at it like, oh, this is just what the news is. But no, that's, that's not what it's supposed to be it's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be to inform the people and there was a time when it was treated as such. It's not treated like that anymore. And um a lot of the times it contributes to a lot of the the discord that you see happening in society because of the way certain things are reported, because of what they decide should be reported. Um it's crazy. It's crazy. But it is what it is. I just I just think that while it's dope that the average layperson now can start themselves uh, a channel, a blog, a website, article, whatever, and 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 get involved, like I, I still feel like there needs to be some standards, even for that, you know, standards, because the misinformation and disinformation is crazy. And it, kind of, it, probably, it probably has been that way for a long time. It's, just, it's super noticeable now because we disseminate information faster than we ever have before in human history. But that's definitely a, a goddamn pet peeve of mine, for real. Uh, Mike says, Manufactured outrage will get you hype in this day and age, and people fall for it all the time, even skeptics. And and Mike, that's, that's the one thing I noticed. So, you know, I've been... I've been in this in the skeptic community for well over a decade. I was a skeptic before I was part of that because I didn't even know that was a whole thing. But once I discovered it was a thing, mostly online, um, I was involved. I did music, the backdrop music for a lot of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I did YouTube videos talking about it. Interviews talking about it, all of that, all of that shit. One of my observations that a lot of skeptics will not acknowledge is that there is a healthy dose of uh, people who allege and call themselves skeptics that aren't really skeptical. Um, they, they're they're not they're only skeptical about a specific topic. they don't they're not really critical thinkers in the way that you think they are. They don't apply that metrics. Two other topics. And there is a fair amount of them in the skeptic community. A fair amount of them. That when you when you mention it, a lot of them will be like, oh, that's not true. We're more likely to, eh. I've met I've met them. I've talked to them. I've talked to them. Uh, Ken says, that's what we met. Austin, Texas, the American Atheist Convention. That's exactly, I still have that picture. I got that picture. It's a picture of me, you, Graydon, I think Shelly is in that picture, too. Shelly Seagal is in that picture, too. That's where I met Ken. Yep. And I think at that time, you was living in Florida, right? I think you was living in Florida at that time. Um, that was a dope-ass convention, too. Uh, like, there there was a lot of things that, that happened there that I wish would have been a little better. But overall, um, the, the people that showed up there, they were very um, responsive to what the type of... Um, Music and stuff me and Graden was doing and Shelly was doing. Um, they supported it. It was dope. It was dope. Um, let's see. Mike says, and the one place so many skeptics won't apply their own skepticism, and that's in the mirror. Facts. Facts. Cosmic says, um, I think the golden age of information post internet was when YouTube had the responses section under the videos. No artificial segregation. It was true free marketplace. I bro, listen. That response, a uh, feature, is one of the ways I got my audience. It's one of the ways I got my audience because people with larger uh, channels than I would, than I had, would respond to stuff that I did, or they would make um, these challenges, right? And they would put it in the in in that little section right there, so that you you could respond to it, and people could see what your response was to it. That shit was dope. That shit was dope. Um, yeah, can I remember Fort Lauderdale? You was director for the regional uh, state director. Yeah, because I think if I'm remembering this correctly, you you want you wanted to set up um for me and Graden to come down there and do a performance, it just never it, it never happened. Um, Biddy said, Biddy says, saying to him. I always wondered where is the people fighting against religion for years, as I never saw it until over a decade when I found it a- that's it that's it I didn't see it and listen I have songs that date back long before I had an audience where I was like disputing religious dogma like, like I got whole songs about it I, I used to be in a different uh, a group called the villains with this other rapper named Wick. we had whole songs about that stuff and it wasn't the only type of songs we did but we definitely had songs about that back then back then. I didn't see the big widespread, you know, uh, activism behind it at that time until I got online. Uh, let me see. What else am I looking at here? Yeah, facts. Facts discourse. That's why they shut they shut it down because it gave the little guy a leg up. Uh, that's, that, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, and don't get me wrong. I want people to participate. In that, in that as well, but there still needs to be a, a fucking standard. You can't just have people running around here just saying any goddamn thing, slandering people, making up events. That's just whack. It's just 100% whack. I've always um, fought against that since I was old enough to realize that this is what the fuck was going on, and I always will. No matter what uh, device I use from uh, podcasting, music, I will always uh, combat that shit. Because it's fucking annoying and it's dangerous. It's dangerous as fuck. So, I, I do want to give you guys a, a, um, a preview. I think I'm going to do that now. Uh, so, you know, we've been talking about this Kickstarter thing for a while. Uh, there's been so many damn obstacles and setbacks. Yeah, Cosmic Shelly, Shelly Seagal. That's the homie. That's the homie for real. Um, I, we hung out in Texas that it was. Me, her, Graydon, Johnny Hoax, uh Ryan. My wife was out there. Um, we hung out after we, we all performed at that at that convention, and then we hung out in the lobby of, of the hotel that I was staying in uh after that for a couple of hours talking shit. It was it was dope. It was dope. Um oh yeah, but like I was saying, we have been talking about this Kickstarter for a minute. And it's been so many obstacles that have delayed it, delayed it, delayed it. But we're, we're, we're almost there. So now uh, I got to send it in for a review for Kickstarter. That usually takes a few days. Um, and then after that, uh, we'll have a pre-launch page and we'll start doing the proper promotion. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time that was, that was Graden's our manager at the time. Yeah. Alex. Uh. Let me show you guys this. So, uh, present, Uh bam, bam. Give you all this quick. In our last issue. Vespae Zabre, the Aeonian minister supreme, presented evidence to the council suggesting that Grey of Extropia may have breached a treaty regarding banned unification technology. Consequently, Lord Malak dispatched a fleet to investigate, but the Extropians saw this as an act of aggression and retaliated by attacking the Entropic fleet. To avoid a full-scale war, Malak decides to confront Grey directly at his moon lab. However, the situation takes a dangerous turn when their confrontation damages the unification device, opening a rift that transports them to another reality. In the upcoming issue one, Clash of Consequence, things have worsened in their own reality, with Lord Entropy's power-hungry nephew, Decaeus, seizing the Entropic Throne and declaring war on the Extropians while aiming to eliminate the rightful heir, Chaos. As Grey and Malik struggle to survive in an alternate reality, and Decaeus threatens to destroy everything they hold dear in their own, They must set aside their differences and work together if they hope to persevere. So I think I can speak for Joseph and Graydon when I say we are super excited to bring you this next issue. And I want to take a moment to express some gratitude for all the people that helped support our first Kickstarter the last time. Because we simply could not have done any of that without your help. And if you're as excited as we are about this next issue, and I hope you are, please consider backing us and making this project a reality every pledge council no matter how big or how small and we thank you in advance for your support. There we go. Uh <laughs> that's a sneak peek um of the pitch video. There's more a little bit more to it than that, but once we release it you can see the unless you see the whole thing. Uh, We are, we're really looking forward to, oh, this, I'm going to share this with y'all too. I'm going to share this with y'all too, hold up, because you guys deserve it. I don't know if y'all can hear this cat in the background, but he's over there being ridiculous. Uh. So this is the Kickstarter page. It took a minute to get all this together. Got some previews of the comic book page. The art is crazy. The art is 100%, 100% crazy. Got our stretch goals in, in place. We're Going to be doing trading cards this time if we can get there. And we have alternate covers for issue one. Alternate covers. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. And I, like I said, I can't wait for you guys to read this uh, issue. Um, it's The first issue was definitely a pilot, right? Setting up the premise. There's still more to the overall story, but this goes a long way into diving into the dilemma, the overall dilemma that's happening in this first story arc. It's going to be crazy. I promise you. I promise you. We put a lot of work into this into the lore, um the story. um there's there's a certain standard of art that we want to keep, certain level of art that we want to keep up there. Um, it's I'm excited as hell about it. if i if I had if I had my way, if things had went the way I wanted them to go, uh, we probably would have done the Kickstarter earlier. but in a lot of ways, I'm glad we did have to wait a little bit because, the best possible uh, presentation of it, I think, is now the way we have it now, as opposed to the way we had it a couple of months ago. So yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that for y'all to get y'all responses for it. Cause um our proofreader <laughs> has already read it and she lost her mind. <laughs> that was, that's Cindy, Mother Demon, and she's a comic book head. So that that's that's the response that I look forward to when it comes to this whole comic book thing. I want the people that read comics that understand it, the, uh, the tropes, um, the culture around it. I want them to definitely see it as authentic because early on we said we did not want to do some vanity project where you'll see certain musicians create these comic books and the books are low quality low quality art, a stupid story. And that's mostly because the, um. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I just got a note. I got a production note. <laughs> um, But yeah, like they, they, the people that was making those comic books, those music- musicians or actors or whatever, whatever it's other genre they was into, they didn't really care about comic books. They weren't really part of the culture for real. It was just a vanity project. That's not what we wanted. So the fact that all of this and the artwork and and the story and the character development and all of that shit, the fact that it's coming off as authentic as I want it to come off, as authentic as Graydon wants it to come off, and Joseph wants it to come off, that shit is amazing for me. That's why I said earlier, I really don't have there's not a whole lot that I want um, as far as regular stuff. I was talking to a friend of mine um, um, Palix And he lost his brother a couple of weeks ago. Him and I was just talking, talking. talking. I've known him since like the the seventh grade, right? And um, a lot of the things that him and I wanted to do back then, we had no clue on how to do. Both of us were rapping. Um, We didn't know how we could even get an audience. (laughs) And back then it was about being signed, see if you can get signed, right? We had no clue on how that could have happened. Um, we wanted to do a comic book. In fact, I wrote a comic book back then, and he was doing the art. It was—he was a really good artist too. He wasn't really good with the backgrounds, but like the character art, he was really good with that. But we had no idea how to publish, how to manufacture, how to do any of that shit. So it just was an idea that went along to the wayside. But all of the things that we grew up saying we wanted to do, I got a chance to get to do. It's dope. It's dope. Um, one other thing, just to, as a reminder, um, uh, I think so far we've gotten one email. When you get the chance, uh, please go to the email address underneath my name and send us your email address. That way, when we have this new way that we're going to distribute the 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 podcast, you guys will be included in that. Um, and has special perks that nobody else has. So that's for you guys. Um, But uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to... (laughs) I don't know if you guys um, heard this. I mean, I'm pretty sure you heard about what happened, but the aftermath of what happened, I don't think you may have known about. So there's an article called the massive exploded SpaceX rocket devastated a town and wildlife reserve and locals are furious. SpaceX's high profile rocket explosion on April 20th, which I'm sure you guys have heard of, has angered environmental and civil liberty groups who are furious about the level of damage caused by the local environment in Texas. The explosion created significant pollution that impacted local communities and could threaten endangered species on Boca Chica Beach near Brownsville, Texas. Some experts say the whole scenario likely could have been avoided if the aerospace company had installed a flame diverter or a flame trench, a long channel built into the ground beneath the launch pad that diverts heat and energy away from the rocket. And prior to this calamity, multiple organizations in the Rio Grande Valley community released a strongly worded press release opposing SpaceX launches like this one. During SpaceX's first orbital test flight, around 8.30 in the morning that day, the American Aerospace Company launched a rocket dubbed Starship from its private launch pad in South Texas. About four minutes into the flight, it became necessary to press the self-destruct button to avert a bigger disaster. It instantly burst into a ball of fire and smoke. It was the largest and most powerful rocket ever developed. Um, The original plan was for the rocket to enter suborbital flight for about an hour and 17 minutes making an almost complete circle of the globe before splashing somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. While it made a successful launch, it caused significant damage to the launch pad, and five of its engines failed. It reached about 24 miles, 39 kilometers, before its altitude began to drop. It entered a spin, and its flight termination system was activated. The flight lasted about four minutes before the starship was destroyed. No one was injured. Many people immediately took social media to jab at Elon Musk, the CEO, Chairman, and Chief Technology Officer of SpaceX. While the launch wasn't considered a complete defeat by the company, nor are explosions uncommon when testing rockets. This is a fact. The extreme damage caused by this one could have been likely could have likely been prevented with a flame diverter. Um, the lack of a flame diverter scorched the landscape and plant life near the rocket pad, as post-launch pictures reveal. SpaceX called the detonation a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) That's a hell of a name for an explosion. Um, But according to this, it says it's a joke that's been made in the industry since about the 60s. A tongue-in-cheek way of saying, that looked expensive, but for the company, there was some reason to celebrate. The rocket got off the launch pad and provided valuable data for refining the next fight. Post-launch, SpaceX was congratulated by many in the aerospace world, including NASA Administrator Bill Nelson and Europe, European Space Agency Director General Youssef. I cannot pronounce his last name. Um, according to the New York Times, one employee even holds his co-workers with a bottle of champagne. Why is that in the article? Like, no one cares. Um, but the community living near the launch site has been dealing with the fallout from the launch in both senses of the world. Of the word, the explosion essentially obliterated the launch pad, carving a massive crater and sending chunks of concrete, sheets of stainless steel and other debris flying into the ocean on Boca Chica Beach. A Dodge Caravan was smashed with wreckage, which the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service reported was scattered over 385 acres, causing a fire that burnt 3.5 acres on Boca Chica State Park land. Clouds of ash and particulates rain down on residents of Port Isabel, about six miles away, settling on homes, cars, and streets, breaking several windows. It's not clear if the particulate matter is dangerous to breathe or touch, or if it will pollute the soil. An FAA environmental assessment of the spacecraft notes that some stages of the rocket use kerosene as fuel, which is toxic to breathe. The assessment also notes over 100 gallons of hydraulic fluid in the rocket, which is often hazardous. Uh, a one Port Isabel resident told the New York Times the situation was terrifying and described locals as being sacrificed. He just wanted to get this thing up in the air," instead of Musk. "Everybody else, every every sort, everybody else sort of be damned." Prior to this calamity, multiple organizations in the Rio Grande Valley community released a strongly worded press release opposing SpaceX's launches like this one. All right. I think that's about enough of that. So what are your thoughts on, on this? Um, Like, if you were in SpaceX's shoes, put aside the fact that they, they probably should have had a flame diverter on there. Like, what would you do to make up for this, that's what I'm curious about. Because I agree um, that the fallout of that is not something that people should have to citizens shouldn't have to deal with that shit. Nor should uh, any natural lands have been fucked up and possibly fuck up the ecosystem of the area. I'm never in 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 agreement with that. But like, if you were them, what would you do after that happened? to make it right with that community. Ken says, Tax Musk and Fund NASA. Bro, you preaching to the choir right there, Ken. Um, Those of you that that, that know about my other channel that I, I was producing content on for a while, uh Reaper Legion Network, I have a video about NASA on there. It's probably the most watched video on that entire channel. And in that video, I, I, I stated the same. I was like, They're giving NASA what less than one percent of the national budget, and look at what they managed to do with all of that. Now imagine if they was to give them more money. Just give them more money. That's all. Give them two (laughs) percent. Right? Give them two percent. You know, but um that's true. But like, other than that, because like the the taxing, the taxing should go without saying, as far as I'm concerned, but for this specific situation as a company, what would you do to make that right? Like if it was me, honestly, first thing I would do is I would send people out in that area to talk to the the people that live in that neighborhood, in that area where all of that was affected, find out if anybody was hurt, and make a big show of actually giving a fuck. Cuz what happens when you don't when you don't even present that you give a fuck is the the perception of your of your company starts to take a hit. Um let's see look, look at some of these. 5% facts facts um facts discord. Uh let's see NASA's research is so important for everyday lives too. It really only benefits us. Facts. I, matter of fact, in that video, I did a whole list of things that that the, the technology, the, the development of space flight, and all of that has done to improve society. It's a bunch of them. A bunch of things you wouldn't even think about. The average person wouldn't even think this had something to do with the process that, it, that they had to go undergo to develop space flight. Um, what up, sis? Uh, Mike says, set aside a huge portion of SpaceX profits and put those funds to work by hiring contractors to clean up. Right. Right. Like, again, if you don't want the perception of your company to be that they are a predator, right, you do things like this. You made a mistake. Own up to it. Own up to it. That's all. So Cosmic says um, not to diminish the inconvenience and wrong of it, but it was concrete dust. I think there should be some compensation for the inconvenience, but I don't think there's any real danger to the wildlife. Well, I hope I hope that's true. I hope that's true. But uh, um, according to this article, they still don't know what those other particulates are and whether or not they're, they're hazardous. But even with all of that, making a show of the fact that you, that you care about the people, and this wasn't just about some uh, some experiment you guys were doing about the rocket, you could care less about the community. That goes a long way, and citizens should be demanding that. One of the things that bothers me the most about how absolutely lazy uh, American society has become, as far as their activism, is how they're willing to just throw their hands up when a corporate corporation fucks up, and all they gotta do is just not say nothing, right? Just don't say nothing and get their spin doctors out there, right? And before you know it, they get away with murder. Like, right? nah, none of them. I don't give a fuck what their what their uh, particular business model is, what they sell, what their services. At the end of the day, you're here to service the people. That's it. And part of the service in the people is when you fuck up, own up, and do something. Now I don't, I'm not saying that they haven't done that yet. I don't know. I don't know. But I was. I'm basically looking for answers with, with the average person who doesn't own any of this shit. What are they looking for when a company fucks up on this level? Um. <laughs> says Musky Husky, which which now makes me want to call him Elon musty um, Ken says maybe preemptively pay neighbors five hundred dollars and explain why you're doing why why what you're doing is important and you know for to- and thank them for tolerating the disruptions and instruct how to file a damage claim. And these are these are very simple um, gestures that can be done easily, right? And what it does, is it prevents your company name from taking a hit, right? It makes people feel better about what you're doing or you operating in that area. Like right? this, this should not be something that um that a company should run away from when something like this happens. They just shouldn't. Um, and Mike says Marissa, it's what the click of of YouTube fame and his followings are <laughs> hilarious because oh yeah. Uh, that's what I mean with the not to diminish part. You cause trouble, you take responsibility. That's all. That's all. What I mean is, uh, this is cosmic, by the way, put a, put the comment up here. What I mean is responsibility goes as far as the trouble. If they didn't risk wildlife like the article was trying to paint, they shouldn't be criticized over it either. Right. But again, I don't know that they didn't. Like according, according to this article, and, I, and to be sure, I'm going to read more articles about this. There were particulates that they that they still have yet to identify and don't know if it's hazardous. So I can't pretend to know that those particulates weren't hazardous and won't cause no problems later down the line. You know what I'm saying? That that's to be determined until we figure that out. Uh, Ken says, uh, <laughs> "Paint the rocket like a naked person and blame the event on a rap you He sucked down. So dumb. So dumb. I'm going to tell you, man, like, just being somebody that has run a couple of businesses, the perception of your company matters. It matters. You want to continue to be able to do business. You want to not alienate consumer base. Certain, Certain ways you need to conduct yourself. Certain ways you need to conduct yourself. That's all. Um, even even if you think, especially, especially when you know what the press is going to do. You know what they're going to do. So you can preemptively hush all that up and make them look stupid. You can make them look dumb. But a lot of times I think um, people will favor the cover-up. And it, it, a lot of times it's not the original incident that hangs you, it's the cover-up. It's the, oh, wasn't that big of a deal? Nothing to see here. That shit there? That shit is what you get hit with. Uh, Let me see. McKenna says, concrete dust is pretty bad for environments and can cause COPD and other lung, um, what's that, residue? Though that is more of a long-term exposure, depends on how long it stays in the air At a high enough concentration. All right. So let me tell y'all my story about that. So years ago, I worked for a gun manufacturer, a small one, right here in Maryland. I don't even think it's still around. So when I first started working there, um, I really didn't handle the firearms that much. I did uh, the shipping. And then from the shipping, I eventually moved into refinishing the, the gun parts using this solution called a uh, parkerizing solution. Basically, what you do, what you do is you take a gun part, you sandblast it, um, no, you degrease it, then you sandblast it, and then you submerge it in this chemical, and it turns the, the gun part like a, a bluish-type color, and it protects it from rust, right? So, Pretty nasty stuff. We did have some sort of a, a ventilation system in there and all of that. But if you ask me, it wasn't it wasn't good enough. But that's not the part that that was the the bothering. The part that bothered me was so the sandblaster itself was one of the old type of sandblasters. And it had an airbag um on on the opposite end of where you sit at. Put your hands in with the gloves and you sandblast the parts. That bag was faulty. And we didn't know. So for a lot of months, I sat back there sandblasting stuff. And by the way, it's not necessarily sand. This is this is glass. This is like small pieces of glass. Uh, it was all in the air. And I was breathing it in. It was going all in here, and I didn't know. Now, I haven't seen, um, after all these years, I don't believe there's been anything that happened to me as a result of it. I'm, I'm No symptoms that I can think of, right? But I do know that there have been people where that has happened to, and they have had gotten issues, medical issues, health issues as a result of breathing in. This refined glass, right? So concrete dust, I don't know exactly what that does to, to people or to other uh creatures and and, and and wildlife and stuff, but if McKenna's correct, uh that's that's still an issue and it just needs to be addressed. Ken says, um, public images while fire departments are usually well funded. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, McKenna gave us more information. It said it clogs the stomata in plants and reduced chlorophyll. It can kill off a lot of plants, plus the increased toxicity and cancer risk. It is. So uh, Cosme says, as far as I understand, concrete dust is not too different from any silicon dust. Silicon dust is bad in general, but there is a difference between, um, one, between one even and a continued um, one event and a continued exposure. That's true, and she did mention that. She mentioned, you know, that's over time, depends on how long. It stays in the air and long-term exposure. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, either way, it's not something I would want on my sandwich. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not one I would want on my sandwich. And again, like, if it's killing off plants and stuff like that, that's that's still, that's not good. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good for the environment. It's definitely not good for that environment and for the people that live around there. They're not gonna want to see that. I know if I'm growing a garden out there and some concrete dust get all over everything, I want some compensation today, <laughs> today. Uh, speaking, speaking of which, so we don't my, my mother-in-law has a garden that she grows on the front porch around this time, right? Um, she has, I don't think she started growing it yet this season, but I have noticed that the fig tree in the back doesn't bloom and doesn't like the... the. It blooms, but it doesn't bloom like it like it used to. And the figs on there, they don't... It, don't, it doesn't produce as many figs. And I don't know if that's because uh, there's something wrong with the soil out there, but I have noticed that um, this area and the area that I used to live at, there's definitely something wrong with the soil there because the trees... Look like they're dying. Like, even the tree in our front yard is starting to die. Um, let's see. Marissa says, "Plus, what goes up must come down into the water and soil, making flora and fauna the most susceptible to toxins." Facts, and that's why, like I said, they're saying that some of these particulates they don't even know they don't they don't know if it's hazardous or not. So as long as we don't know, I don't think we can just assume that it's not going to um, create. Problems we need to prepare for it and and, and and possibly um do something to prevent it. Uh see McKenna says plus the economic impact, any farms in the area will have decreased yields, probably a lot of personal gardens that will have to be scrapped too. Yeah, yeah, it's a sticky wicket to be sure. Um, I am very much an environmentalist on a lot of things, I don't like that shit. Like I, when I go out to take my hikes and stuff, I enjoy the nature being as pristine as possible, which is pretty hard to do when you live in an urban area, right? But I don't. I don't like when when that shit gets corrupted. I get personally like irritated when I see people dump shit in areas that they know they're not supposed to be dumping it, and it just destroys the way the entire area looks. That shit's whack. Um, let's see. Ah, demon spawn also says. Plus, it raises soil pH, so long term, not very um hospitable. Ken says Columbia coffee areas have to keep moving up the mountains for cooler temperatures. Mild increases in temps are already having negative effects. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good observation. Cause I was actually wondering about that. There are certain areas in the world that have a certain climate. And they've had that exact same climate for the longest time. So now with with, with, with the, the climate changing and the temperatures uh, either getting colder or getting hotter, depending on where you are, that has to affect any vegetation in the area and probably um, animal wildlife as well. The uh, response says, and when local wildlife is not suitable anymore, it leads to huge waves of invasive species right right but humans think about humans humans don't be giving a fuck about that shit till it directly affects them right so when, so when these invasive species start fucking up your property <laughs> if it's that type of species or something that your your land or whatever then they'll be worried about it but typically if it don't directly affect us we think how bad could it be it's definitely a flaw it's definitely a flaw in the way humans like view the world. Um, Stewardship of the planet should be something that all of us take seriously because this is the only one we have access to. Sure, we we fantasize, right, about being able to, to jump into a ship and go someplace else and find another planet that is suitable for us and all of that. We fantasize about that. But the reality of the situation is currently... We don't have access (laughs) to any of those potential worlds that could support our life. We don't. This is what we got right here. This is what we got. This small window of time in the lifespan of this planet where it's hospitable for species such as us. Like, this is what we got right now. This is what we got. You know? Uh, Cosmic says, oh, humans have deliberately introduced some invasive species to places, and then it went horribly wrong. Bro, right? Right? (laughs) Right? Right? Because they think they know what's going to happen. Like, you think you can predict what this invasive species is going to do. It's only going to take care of the problem that you have. No, (laughs) that invasive species doesn't give a fuck about you. It's going to do what it do. Uh, McKenna says, like, everyone in Florida and California are really worried what environmental changes are going to do to our citrus. There is an invasive species that breeds best in heat that if introduced is expected to kill off over 80% of citrus. This shit is not a game. This shit is not a game. And motherfuckers made all kinds of political um, sports out of climate change. They used it to, to raise money for their political campaigns by, by um, rallying against it and claiming it's a conspiracy it's some George Zorro's all of that that nonsense they did for years trying to poo-poo the science poo-poo, poo-poo, nothing to see there and now you're starting to see some of the results of that shit now you're starting to see it it's crazy right here right here, sis Nobody is colonizing another planet before we stop on Earth. There simply isn't enough time to win that race. Right. right. This is what we got. This is what we got. And we haven't really took it seriously. And the people that did take it seriously were, were joked. Right? They were clowned. They, they were made fun of. Called tree huggers. All of that shit. It's crazy. And you would think that people wouldn't put profits over that because this is literally like this literally could affect the way if humans survive going forward. You would think they wouldn't, but some people could put profits over anything. McKenna says uh, the damn toxic toads in Australia. (laughs) Right. Right. Ken says climate change is probably the best time. Um an issue to employ Pascal's wage of facts. Facts. But, people, but I, I noticed that a lot of issues that people will have with, with something that's happening, um, they'll get laughed at, they'll get minimized, they'll get called jokes and all that stuff. And then as soon as the wolf is at the door and the eventual result of ignoring that issue comes to life, now everybody's backs against the wall, trying to figure out what we're gonna do. What we're gonna do? Sometimes there's nothing you can do. Sometimes you waited too long. Now, I know. I know. In all the movies that we grew up watching, somehow the heroes at the end find a way to solve the problem. That's not how the real world works. It's just not. Sometimes you made a fucked up decision. You did not do enough to correct it. And by the time you realize how serious it was, it was too late. And there are numerous people that have walked into doctor's offices and got news they didn't want to hear when they were told earlier in their life, yo, you probably shouldn't be doing this because this could cause this. Because that's how the real world works. Just saying. It's kind of crazy, but as long as we still have um, trees and greenery and wildlife and all that good shit, I'm going to go out there and partake in some of that shit, Um, and it looks like the sun is starting to come out. Um, uh, Let's see. McKenna says, honestly, they keep trying to delay it until it's the next generation's problem, betting they'll be dead by the time it would affect them. There's almost certainly going to be a mass migration because of it, yeah. Yeah, climate change is... Because of climate change in the next few decades, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't be here for it. That is one of the most selfish ideas that anybody can have. Let's fuck shit up now because it benefits us. It it, it enriches us. And we ain't got to worry about it. By the time this shit goes back around, and has the, the negative effect, will be long dead. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anybody that had that type of thought, it's, you're a little sick. You have to be a little sick. Or evil. It's plain evil. That you would pass those problems on to your children and grandchildren is nuts. But that's one of the things I don't like about people. <laughs> so, I guess that's to be expected. But anyway, I'm about to wrap this up, so I'm gonna take my ass outside and enjoy some of that greenery before we lose it all. Uh, remember, once again, send us your email address to the black culture geeks at gmail.com. Also, do not forget to check out uh, um, uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine with uh, Christy. Christy's um, that's her podcast. Um, well, she's a co host on it at least. And I'm sorry, I do not remember the name of the other host. Uh, also, don't forget to check out Jaded Nerd's channel. And check out Metas and Mutants. And if you have not already, go subscribe to the Multibore Entertainment channel. And of course, the Majestic Comics YouTube channel. Because now that we're about to do this Kickstarter, it's going to be uploading a lot more content up there. Um, I have a whole series that I recorded and edited and put together um, specifically for the Kickstarter campaign. So you guys definitely want to go and uh check that out. Um, I'm going to talk to you guys later. I'm going to go outside and be a hippie <laughs> and enjoy some of this greenery. I'm going to holler at y'all later. Peace.